Do you know the right person for every job in your company? We'll learn all about it on today's Cracking the Code. Today we've got some special content from Mr. Drew Cameron on how to identify roles within your company. Take it away, Drew. Thanks, Wally. Welcome to the EJA Contractor University. I'm Drew Cameron. I'm going to be your host for this edition of Cracking the Code. And I'm going to talk to you today about identifying roles and creating operational frameworks. What are we talking about? Well, what we're talking about is in most companies, you have an organizational structure, you have positions, duties, and responsibilities. <clears throat> you probably have some type of organizational chart where you should, and then you have job descriptions and, and, and role responsibilities within your organization. A lot of times I go into companies though, and really what I find is that there may or may not be an organizational chart, and if there is, it's usually set up by person, not by position, and people don't necessarily have job descriptions, they have a job and that job includes them completing certain tasks. And what I find is that we have operational inefficiencies within organizations, which is why companies can't grow and scale and are not profitable. So that being said, I wanna make sure when I go into a company that they're set up you know, in, in order to scale and to grow. Because when we have a strong foundation supported by a good vision, mission, core values, purpose uh, statement as well. Those are the cornerstones, if you will, of the organization. Well, on top of that, the structure has to match the objectives of what you're trying to accomplish, right? So uh, the objective, um, excuse me, the uh, structure of an organization that's set up to optimize residential services is going to be different than one that is uh, exclusively new construction or exclusively commercial. Or if you had a hybrid organization or somebody who's into not H just HVAC, but also has uh, plumbing, electrical, uh, and other home services. So let's you know, uh, take a look at what I do when I go into a company, uh, and then you can do this in, in your company and just kind of make sure you know, that you got the table set right. Because when the table is set right, then you can operate. And when you can operate, you can grow and scale accordingly. Right? So I like to talk in terms of frameworks. Right? I, I don't like to lock things down. A framework can be a little fluid. And uh, it's defined, it gives you a nice overview, uh, if you will, of what you need to accomplish or include into a situation. But it doesn't lock you down to say, okay, I don't have any room to, you know, to pivot because I have a nuance or a unique situation in my company or in my marketplace. So let's kind of break this down and I think you'll understand what it is that I'm talking about. So when I go into a company, one of the first things I do is I review all the tasks that each person does in their role on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually base, annual basis. And so I interview each person on the inside of the company. We know what the technicians do. We know what the installers do. We know what the, uh, the salespeople do. But what does the sales manager do? What does the general manager do? What does the president do? What does the call takers do? You know, what does the accounting or bookkeeper uh, person do or the human resources person, right? And again, we all have different titles for these things and, and, and different uh, roles and responsibilities and tasks that get, complete, you know, get completed in these, these titles. And so typically what I find is that somebody was given a title, but they really have a catch-all of a job. And so I want to find out what that is. So I go in and I talk with Susie and Billy and John and Joe and, and Kathy, and I find out all of what all of these people do first, regardless of their title. Because what I find in most companies is that they have a job that happens to have a title, right? And they don't necessarily understand what their roles are. 
And I want them to understand their roles because again, when I have the, you know, the roles identified, I can uh, you know, make sure that they're on the right in the right place on the organizational chart and that the right tasks, duties, and responsibilities are assigned to those roles. And those roles are on various boxes within the org chart. Now, what you might come to find out is that you now, when you go ahead from having an organizational chart by person, and you have an organizational chart by role, you find yourself or multiple people have multiple roles, meaning you're in multiple boxes on the org chart. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly acceptable. That's what it is. That's what you want to do. You want to identify that. Because if you're trying to grow and scale your organization, you can see where you may need a person at some point in time. Right? As that, maybe let's say the, the replacement department you know, grows and scales, I may not have a sales manager in body because the owner might be the sales manager for the one or two salespeople that they have. But as I get to that third and fourth salesperson, I'm going to need a sales, uh, sales manager in the form of a person, right? not just in the form of a role. The problem is, as I go into most companies, for example, because that's our specialty, uh, Russ and I, is sales and, ma uh, sales, sales and marketing and sales management. We go in and I say, well, who's the sales manager? And they say, I don't have one. Yeah, you do, and it's you. And you don't even know it, and that's why your company can't grow and scale, because you have not identified that as a role that you have in your organization, no matter what. You have a marketing manager in your company. You may not have that person, but someone has to have that role. And that's what we're talking about here. I find that a lot of tasks and are being done by certain people, but I also find that a lot of tasks are not being done. So I want to identify all the tasks that are being done and find out what tasks are not being done and then assign those tasks to the right roles and then assign the people to the role. And of course, that's how we'll grow and scale. And so let's go ahead and take a look at the framework for identifying these roles and creating these operational frameworks so that we can grow and scale. So again, like I said, uh, number one, I'm going to review all the tasks. It's a simple interview. It usually takes maybe 30 minutes to sit down with you know, somebody and say, what is it that you do every day? Okay, I'm not, I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, what is it you do? If you're the one who, who cleans the bathroom, put that down. If you're the one who makes coffee for the meetings, put that down. Right? They, 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 these can be menial tasks all the way up to, yes, you run the P&L and you have a P&L responsibility for the income statement. You, know, you may be doing all the equipment order. You might be um, you know, the person who basically purchases the insurance or the trucks or office supplies. You might be the IT person or the phone person. So again, identify all of these roles. And then you're going to make sure that you have all these roles identified with this person, whatever it is that they do. List them all. They're not justifying their job. Don't, don't make them worry about this you know, interview process as though you're, you're judging them for their job. You're just saying, I want to make sure we have complete coverage. So I review all of those. Right? I verify that the list is complete with everything that that person does. Like I said, no matter how trivial they may think that it is. They may be the person who, who runs and gets the donuts before the, coffee, you know, before the, the service meeting or something like that. Uh, they may be the person who runs to the post office. Every task has to be identified, no matter how trivial. Right? Then I'm going to create an organizational uh, structure, if you will, a structural organizational chart within my organization okay? by role, not by person. Meaning, what are the roles that I think we need to have, positions, if you will, within the organizational uh, structure, not by name, by role, by per you know, not by person. 
and build that organizational chart. That's kind of that, that, uh, that directory or that flow chart, if you will. The Gantt chart, I think is what they call. And it basically shows, okay, who reports to who? And who has uh, you know, frontline responsibility for the customers? Where's middle level management? Where's uh, maybe the executive, you know, the executive team, if there is an executive team or person, such as the general manager? And then where is leadership and ownership, which is usually the president and CEO of the company? Uh, and again, that's going to vary based on the type of company that you've got. And if you need some help with that, you can reach out and, and, and give me a call and I can send you some samples of that. Uh, you can also look on the EGI website for content on this as well. Right, so step number three is after I meet with all people, and, and I've, I want to make sure that I've identified all the tasks that need to be covered. Right? So I sit down and I make sure that I've identified all required tasks to accomplish the objective. So if the objective is to become you know, the most dominant residential home services company in the market, right, for plumbing, heating, cooling, electrical, security, home automation, and generators, I got to make sure that, okay, do I have all the roles necessary to make that happen? Right? And do I have all the tasks identified to make that happen? Right? So we started with the, the structure, and then I'm making sure that we have all the tasks. You may find that, like, I, I go into a lot of companies, I say, okay, Who's responsible for, um, uh, for the physical plant, for the building, for the upkeep of the building, making sure that it gets clean, uh, you know, if there's uh, you know, potholes in the parking lot that need to be done, a hole gets put into a wall, light bulbs need to be changed out, the trash needs to be taken out. You know, who's, who's responsible for that? And you say, well, we have a cleaning company that comes in. I say, okay, well, who's responsible in case you know, the building needs something? And that role is not assigned, it's not identified. I say, who's the fleet manager? That role is not assigned. Okay, it is a role that you need to have. It is a task that needs to, to happen within your organization. You need to identify all of those tasks. Okay, so if your team hasn't identified all of them, that means you got some gaps. Fill in the gaps. Number four, step number four, assign the various tasks to the identified roles. And so you have this structural chart by, you know, with the roles. Where should the tasks that you've identified from every player go to? Not the, pre the people, don't think of the people. Think of the position, think of the role, the function within the organization, and put them in un under that role. I do this in a simple Excel spreadsheet. I put the roles across the top of the spreadsheet, um, and then I put the tasks, you know, if, uh, or the you know, positional roles at the top, and then the tasks under each of those columns. And then that way I can you know, slide them and move them. Again, there's no names on this at, at all. This is not about people. This is about the structure in the organization. And then I'm going to add any missing or desired tasks to the roles. And so once I go through all that, I've got all the required tasks, I'm going to say, okay, well, what else? What, what would I like to have? You know, maybe you want to add somebody to do happy calls or, or be a, a brand ambassador who goes out and does goodwill work in the community uh, and, and promotes you know, and gets you involved into critical causes. And so you have something like that. Well, you may not have that role. It's not necessarily maybe a role that you think you know, to achieve the objective, but maybe you'd like to have that role that gives back to the community. So again, maybe it's a role or maybe it's a task. You have to decide, is it a position or is it just a task that a, another position could take on? Be careful though. Don't start muddying the waters, right? For example, you know, just because the, the, the bookkeeper handles money doesn't mean they should be doing the purchasing. Now, when you're small, uh, that may be the case. But again, I would basically then say that you have a bookkeeper and a purchasing agent. Two different roles, one person. But number seven or five says, add any missing or desired tasks to the roles that do not exist. 
Step number six is what tasks do the, uh, do, does the person feel, what, person, what tasks does the person feel competent doing and not so competent doing? And so, you know, I want to know as I'm talking to these people in, in, this, in this exercise, is what do you feel good doing? What don't you feel good doing? But like, do you, do you have the knowledge? Do you have the expertise? Do you have the wherewithal to want, you know, to want to do that? What tasks does the person want to do, and what persons don't they? Uh, what tasks don't they want to do? I Meaning, what do they like to do, and what don't they like to do? They might be begrudgingly going through uh, a certain role or function. I visited with somebody last week who told me that they were executing a certain role and all of a sudden they got told to stop focusing on you know, customer interaction and focusing on only on review generation. Yet this person loved reaching out to customers and talking and hearing the good stories and the goodwill as well as solving any problems that those customers brought to, you know, to her attention. And surprisingly, uh, when they told her to not do that, she was not as happy in her role. So she was thrilled doing that task. They kind of told her that task is not a priority anymore. And unfortunately, what I sensed is you know, we've got a person who may not feel fulfilled in their job and may, may end up leaving us who's a good person, who we don't want to leave. So make sure that you understand you know, not only you know, do, what does a person feel competent doing and not so competent doing, but do they like it or do they not like what they do? What else is this person capable of doing? You may find out that this person has some uh, untapped potential within your organization. So find out what that is. Step number nine is, what does leadership expect and or need from this person? Right? You may have this person, not necessarily just this role, but what is it that you need from this person? You know, what aren't you getting from this person? Maybe it's a good attitude. Maybe it's them showing up at work on time. Maybe it's them completing you know, projects on time and tasks. Maybe it's the accuracy of their work or attention to detail. But you know, identify what else is it that you need from this individual. Because obviously you're building, if you think about it, you're building the, the landing gear while you're flying the plane, right? Because you're in business. These are people that are on your team. This isn't somebody necessarily that you're, you're bringing on board, right? When you bring someone on board, you're going to tell them specifically what's going on. Because that's where we're going to get to with this, um, with this exercise. So step number 10 is, what does this person want or need from their career? You know, what are their goals? You know, can their goals be met by this position? You may find out that when you do this exercise that you have some people that are, you know, hitting that, that ceiling on their income and their position doesn't allow them to go to that next level. And if you hadn't thought about reallocating them, you know, to somewhere else, you could have somebody who's been looking for a job. So what does, it, you know, what does this person want and need from their career to fill their career goals as well as their life goals? Right? Have the person, uh, Gary has a great tool. You can go onto the EGI website and uh, you can uh, search personal achievement plan. Have the person complete a personal achievement plan for themselves. It's up to them if they want to share it with you, but if they do share it with you, at least you know what their vision is for their life, what their goals are, what their objectives are. Maybe they have some kids they want to put through college. Maybe they want to buy a vacation home. So understand what their goals are and show them uh, you know, through, through, uh, through their job and their career how they can achieve all their personal goals. And so we get to step 11, and this is where now I am reassigning roles in an existing organization. I'm going to bring the people in and say, okay, here is what you have been doing. Here is what these roles that you have are. You may have basically just had the job and you may have had a title before. 
But now I'm going to tell you the one, two, or three roles that you have. Maybe you have four. I'm going to tell you what those roles are, what's, what the job position is. I'm going to uh, give you the list of tasks from that spreadsheet, and I'm going to sit down and we're going to go over it and make sure that these are things that you want to do, can do, and feel driven to do, and will do well. And will help, those will help you achieve your career as well as your personal goals in life. Because now, once I've got the role assigned to the person, I can then um, and make sure, obviously, each task that this person does uh, just as a, as a side note, because this, is, this would be another thing that you want to do out of this exercise, is that once you get through this exercise, all 15 steps of this exercise, come back to this step and work with the person and say, you have all of these tasks and these various roles. I want you to write the process and procedure manual for each of those tasks. And each of those tasks can be uh, uh, you know, created into a one-page process that the person writes. See, leadership, management, ownership does not have to create the process and procedure manual. Because if you don't have one, you need one in your organization. You can reverse engineer this, but have it, your people go ahead and do this. You manage the process over uh, a period of time and assign you know, dates uh, and timelines as to when you want this, this task completed. But they have the job, they do the work, who better to write the, uh, the procedure, okay? And then obviously they can sit down with you and they can review each of the documents that they create, okay, or, the, or their manager. So what, is, uh, you know, so what is that process? It's going to be a description of the process. It's going to have 15 steps maximum, okay? If it's more than 15 steps, odds are there's a sub-process in there. You've got this big chunk of something and you need to break it down into another sub-process and then within this process, refer to the other sub-process. So again, if you're getting beyond 15 steps, um, you don't have to have 15, but if you get to 15 or more uh, above 15, then it is uh, going to be probably two steps, two processes, two tasks. right? The outcome, you know, basically want to focus on it being outcome-driven, meaning it should be written in the past tense as if the, the task was already achieved, and why it's important, and what the impact is to the company and to the customer. So you're writing the, the, you know, the task as is the, is though, you know, we are, you know, the you know, position to say, for example, for a salesperson is, you know, sells a minimum of a million and a half dollars. It's not to sell a million and a half dollars, it's that they've sold, you know, they've sold a, million, you know, sell a million and a half dollars, and here are all the things they have to do you know, with that. And why is that million and a half to this position important, right? Because again, below that wouldn't be a salesperson in this capacity. So make sure that it's uh, past tense driven, outcome driven. And if you have um, stuff that's tied into computers, where you're doing stuff on a tablet or a laptop or a desktop, uh, do screenshots, capture screenshots, uh, do videos with Snagit, Camtasia, Loom, uh, Screencast. These are some uh, softwares that will allow you to record your screen, as well as you can maybe even attach some audio to that and even put a little you know, picture of yourself, a little video of yourself in the, in the bottom right-hand corner or wherever you want to, uh, you know, to annotate what you're seeing on the screen there. And that's going to help, obviously, that person who has that job, who's entering system stuff into your CRM system, teach somebody else, right? They're documenting this for themselves, but they're also documenting it for, God forbid, they leave the company, or the company grows and expands, and you need to bring a person on, right? They're creating all the training tools within your organization, right? So number 12, step number 12 is create a personal organizational chart now. The personnel organizational chart is now where I put the name into the boxes. 
right? You had that structural chart that you created, now you're just putting the names in the boxes. Now, you, like I said, you may see your name in multiple boxes. Step number 13 is, what strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, challenges, limitations does the person see now that you're sharing with them their roles, their responsibilities, and where they sit on the organizational chart? Listen for them to give you excuses. I don't like to hear excuses, I like to flush those out. But I wanna find out, you know, you know, does this framework work? Has this organizational structure that we've now created by role and responsibility, not by person, is it going to work for the people, but is also going to deliver the company objective? Step number 14 is identifying, now that I maybe have reassigned roles that this, this person did not have previously, what training are they going to need? And are they going to get that training internally from somebody on the team, or are we going to have to send them to an outside school you know, for that? Because again, I never want to take a chance that they, you know, I've just assigned them this new job. They say they want the new job and the new responsibility. Uh, again, you may change titles on that on them as well. Um, but usually, there's just minor adjustments with your existing staff, um, and you may identify uh, roles and responsibilities that don't exist uh, within your organization, and it may have to be a TBD to be determined as to when you're going to add that person to the mix you know, and add a, a body to the mix. So for example, I had a client a couple years ago that we were working with and he felt he definitely needed a warehouse person slash purchasing agent and then a runner to run materials to and from jobs and suppliers. Again, we couldn't afford it at that point in time from an overhead perspective and, and costing perspective, so what did we do? We put it in, in, in September, we put it to be added to the company in April. We figured certain things would happen by that point in time and we would be ready to add that position to the uh, org chart. In the meantime, who's handling those duties and responsibilities? So keep that in mind as you go, as you go forward. The last step, step number 15 is, is to create a scenario then from that point forward with this person and their personal achievement plan to where they can achieve their goals as well as the company KPIs and metrics that you've, you've set for those positions, right? where you're going to review on a, on a regular basis. You, know, you have assigned a new role to this person, I would say within uh, you know, the first week you should have a check-in, and then another check-in at 30 days, and another check-in at 60 days, and another check-in at 90 days. There might be some milestones that you've set up along the way to make sure that they can, uh, you know, that they're, they're taking on these new roles and responsibilities, that they understand them. They may have gone to the training. And they come back, what did you get from the training? You know, is it going to fulfill you to be able to do the role and responsibility? So I wanted to take this time to kind of give you this framework, if you will, to go ahead and reverse engineer your company to become the company that you want it to be. Because if you're not growing and scaling into the company you want it to be, odds are it's because you don't have the right vision, mission, purpose statements, or core values identified and documented within your business and you may not have the right organizational structure, although you may have good people on your team. And so as Jim Collins says in the book, Good to Great, you want the good people on the bus and you want the bad people off the bus, right? We want the right people on the bus, sitting in the right seats, doing the right things, the right way at the right time to get the right results. Until next time, all the best for continued success. Thank you, Mr. Drew Cameron. It's great to have you on the show once again. Now, if you're not an EGI member and you want access to this show emailed to you every week, fill out the form to the right of this video. That's it for now, my friends. Bye-bye for now.